Welcome to Bethel World Outreach Church. Our values are devotion, diversity, and discipleship. Devotion through honoring God by trusting His Word, praying, and worshiping together. Diversity by embracing God's heart for every nation. And discipleship by helping others follow Jesus. So join us as we're reaching a city to touch the world. Bethel World Outreach Church, I bring you greetings along with my whole family. If this August is our We Are Family Month, and I know we're separated, and that's a bummer for everybody, so we just thought as a family we would come together and just give a message, give an encouragement, have a little bit of fun, and bring you into our life uh, with one another and with Jesus. So right now, I'm going to have my beloved wife of 25 years this December 16th. Hallelujah. I'm going to have her introduce our family. She's an accomplished person, a minister. She's an awesome mother. She's a great friend. Um, she's the love of my life. And I would you like you, honey, to actually introduce our beautiful, wonderful yes, family with awesome your cute family. self. I have three wonderful guys. My eldest son is James Lowe II. Uh, my second son is Jason Lowe. And my baby, he's still my baby, no matter how tall he is, Jackson Lowe. He, he, he not a baby, that's a grown man. Well, awesome. So, I, you know, there's one thing that I love about the Bible is that it answers everything that we're going through. And so I want, during this We Are Family series, for um, Jackson to read Psalm 68.6, which really speaks about God's heart for family, no matter where you're at today. Psalm 68.6 says, God sets the lonely in families. He leads forth the prisoners with singing, but the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. So I just want you to know, no matter what your family's circumstance or situation is, that God is so thoughtful about you that he puts you in a family. The Bible says he's a father to the fatherless, and that if you didn't have family, he gives you one. Now, the first man, after you gave him a home and a job to do, he said, it's not good for you to be alone. So he made him a helper suitable so that he could no longer be one but two and they can multiply and fill the earth. Now that's wonderful. God's idea of a family was one man with one woman having biological children that we call a nuclear family. We know that this is the dominant family form and it is the one uh, that we call nuclear and, and, and what everybody aspires to. However, in a fallen and simple and a broken world, we don't always get a nuclear family. I know that's not the case for me, um, sometimes we come from divorced families, mixed families. Uh, there's separation within families. Um, and these families can be considered, quote-unquote, dysfunctional. Dysfunction can happen everywhere. I, I've been in those broken circumstances where my nuclear family was not intact. And so I believe one of the amazing things about God is, is that he somehow begins to take someone who had a functional nuclear family, it was great, and somebody who had a blended family, mm -hmm. and I have half-brothers and sisters, step-brothers and sisters, and, you know, dad's got a girlfriend. You know, that's challenging. And then he says, hey, you two get together, and you become a family. And so it's important that we know each other's story yeah. um, so that God can help us become one. So I'm going to let Debbie tell you a little bit about her story, and I'll tell you a little bit about my family story, so maybe we can relate to one another. Debbie, just tell me about your great family, and I got a little surprise. Before you do this, I want you to put this picture up 
<laughs> well, that was my wedding day. I hate that that's how they caught it, but um, my father walking me down the aisle. What did you say to that man walking <laughs> I down the aisle? I told my father, uh, I don't think I'll be home tonight. Mm. And so we chuckled down the aisle because, you know, growing up in the family I did, I was the 10th, the last of 10 children, and my parents were very uh, strict. Um, they were fun, though. Didn't feel the strictness, but we were a strict family. We were raised in holiness and went to church all the time, and there was lots of things that was not for us to do, places we didn't go, and definitely structure as far as, uh, uh, you know, um, what, what word I'm looking for? The time when you have to be home. Curfew. Curfew. Uh, curfew, oh, curfew was very serious. Even through Dayton, there was a curfew. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's why the little joke down the aisle was funny because um, my curfew was 10. Yes. And so I told him I would be not making it home that night because I was going to be a wife. So anyway, it was a great moment and uh, he got it. It was fun and uh, I loved my family. It's great. And, and Debbie, having seven brothers and three sisters and a very vir vir virtuous mother, did they forget you sometimes? No. What do you mean forget me? Like leave you places or because no. it's 10 kids in a house. No, that, which I probably would have forgotten somebody. I don't know how my mom did it, but she, she handled it. Seven boys. Um, she, she always would tell the story how she would go grocery shopping or to the mall with seven boys and they would just sit in on the bench quietly and people would walk by and be like, how did you do that? And uh, her, her, her remedy was to practice at home. And that's what she used to teach all of us, you know, teach your kids how to sit at home before you take them to church. So we would make them sit in front of the television, tell them don't, don't move, don't, don't just get up when you want to. And those were practices of how to sit in the house of the Lord when we came. So my mom was just good at what she does. And so she never had a problem. She raised seven boys and three girls, and we all love the Lord. That's a blessing. And, and that's awesome. And, and, and I love your story because I know, know, your, know your father. And, and um, I grew up having a severely broken home. My father had gotten into very abusive patterns. Mm -hmm. My mother had to rescue us. We spent some time, you know, homeless. Um, through, the, through the course of time, I I acquired the siblings. I acquired mm -hmm. a, a, a stepfather who I don't even like that term. I just right. felt like seems like father. He is my father. Yes. And and I, and I just know you're out there. Those of you in uh, blended families, mm -hmm. you know, it's real. It's just like blood yes. to you, and you get to claim it. Yes. You get to Absolutely. actually, you know, feel that. But I but I know that desire always to know what's going on with my father. I'd only seen about four times throughout my life to. Um, long for those phone calls, long for those interactions from your biological parent. I don't know who you might be out there. God knew that that loneliness would be there. But remember, our scripture Jackson read, yeah. God places the lonely in families. And so he placed people around me that really were healing. And I felt when I got to this point, when I was telling my story, I wanted to tell you God strongly impressed on my heart that he's actually helping many of you who have broken and blended families know that he's, he's there as your father yes. and that he's placing people, coaches, mentors, friends right teachers. around you, teachers yes. right now who are going to be significant and instrumental in your life now and, and for a long time. Debbie, I would like you to um, uh, react to this picture and then 
Get get our boys talking up here. I want them to talk. So that's the birthing outfit. You wear the same outfit to every birthing. I don't. I don't know. Is that weird or is that like special? Do y'all, Jason? Do you feel like that's weird or special? I think it's special. Yes. They actually yes, want my the son. suit. They want the suit. They were of, like, of Dad, course. do you still have the suit? I'd like to have it for my birth things, which will be a long time. Hallelujah. But uh, anyway, it was pretty special. He just wanted to, I don't know why, what made you do that, but. I just didn't, I didn't want any of my children to grow up and think that I loved anybody more than another person. So, so I wanted them to, to see, the yeah, so I wanted them okay. to, to, to see that. And one, one more, I had another, yeah. <laughs> what, what, what comes to your mind when you see that? Well, you know, that Jackson in the chair, he was he was as bad as he looked. He was a small terrorizer. But uh, what I love, Why did you, he just what I love is that um, they they are just as close as the picture portrays. So they they grew up as a team and they remain a team. So but praise God, he's not as rough as he's a kind guy now. But he was a bad baby. But yes. praise God, a little tapping. We'll do the job, praise God. Absolutely. What was the question you wanted to ask James about growing up in Well, you know, um, this year was pretty hard for everybody. Uh, And my heart just went out to young people because, you know, it kind of threw grown folks off. The the quarantine, the COVID, the unknown, the uncertainties, uh, all of those things kind of rocked everybody. So, I know what it did within our family, and sometimes I tried to keep them talking to see what was going on, but I'd like for them to express for themselves. James, why don't you go ahead and share what 2020, you know, when we hit that whole COVID quarantine uncertainty season, what did that do, and how were you able to cope with it? Um, I don't know. I mean, um, not a lot of stuff moves me. But uh, I guess I was like everybody else. When it first started, I was just like, oh, that's, that's new. Uh, but then as the months got uh, on, it became more serious. It's like, yeah. man, life is really closing down. And uh, I wasn't necessarily fearful because mm-hmm. um, I'm just not built that way. But um, I did miss the stuff that was being closed. Like movie theaters was probably on the top of my list because I couldn't go see all those movies coming out. <laughs> and... Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah. that's what it did for me. Yeah. I mean, we did talk about you guys' fear level. Uh, did you find yourself in fear or were you able to actually say, I'm not scared? Uh, how did you feel? Uh, I wasn't really scared. I, At the beginning, I thought it was like a good thing, you know, more family time. Yeah. I think a lot of people thought that, but I, I was never scared of the, of COVID. I was just... You know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. What about you? Uh, I was not necessarily fearful, but I was just like, I don't know. It was just kind of like stuck because everything slowed down. Just kind of like in limbo a little bit. Yeah. See, the reason why, first and foremost, they're homeschooled. They've been homeschooled from the beginning. So being quarantined and staying home wasn't new. It was after a while when the whole world couldn't go out. They was like, what is going on? I remember they were like, Mom, we are. I still gotta go find my girlfriend. I still gotta get married. Jesus. <laughs> I'm telling it all, and I was like, "Yes, we will get back to life." But I, I was proud that they did not allow fear or any of those things to 
take hold of them, but instead they understood who they were in Christ and they stood on the word of God during such weird times. Now, I tried to prepare them with a, a few questions, but, you know, they, they would know this is, this is something you wouldn't know. Just, just 10 seconds. Uh, what was it like being, growing up being homeschooled with mom? Hmm. Easy, hard, fun. Um, can you give any of these COVID moms and new homeschoolers any encouragement? Pray if you don't have a teaching gift on you. Because mom, a, a mom did not have a teaching gift on her. At mom, all times. My, no. She didn't have an educational gift on She could teach me stuff about life, but not. <laughs> she couldn't teach me about math. My whole kindergarten, not even kindergarten, my whole first grade year was coloring. So I did ask a color mama something because I was trying, mama was trying to figure out the she rules. She was in the textbook. That's, that's so like, I really want to encourage every woman to just relax because he's, he's turned out pretty well. Because what it is is that the gift that lies in you is without repentance. God gave you the yes. gift for that child. Uh, you are the best gift. There is actually no teacher better than you. So if you could just relax and trust God and not try to be more than you are, he will equip you for what you need. But I, I must say, in the beginning, it was the, I mean, the, the curriculum was overwhelming. And so I'd just be like, color mama something for about a year. And, but he's an amazing artist to this yeah. day. And, but I, what I love about my wife and what I want to use this as an opportunity since we've homeschooled all throughout it has its peaks and it has its valleys. It has its up moments and its down moments. But what you do is you come together as a family, you find out what works for you. All of our kids stay two and three and four grades ahead most of their, most of their time. Probably the most difficult part of homeschool for them is that it doesn't end. You know, we do morning yeah. school, night school, and, 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 and middle school. school. So if parents, if you want the secret, and summer school. you just keep them in school all day. No, that's not right. But, uh, but, that, but, but whatever you're, you're going through, I love what Debbie said. You're equipped for this. Absolutely. And, and I'm really proud of who James is academically, Jason and, yeah. and Jackson. They're great students. They've already, they're, they're great ACT scores. They're student athletes. And, and, and Debbie, I give you a lot, great deal of credit for that. James, tell me, what is it like growing up in our house? Just give me uh, something that's a challenge and give me something. Well, let's start with you. Give me something that's a challenge and give me something that is actually maybe a joy or easy. Uh, well, watch yourself. Yeah, my friend. I don't know how much I can say. Uh, the no, no real challenges. I mean, I wish that, uh, um, I don't know. There's just some, you know, just a generational gap. I don't know. Just. Te technological gap. Yes, we don't know how to work our phones yeah. half the time. That, um, I, I think the we're dealing with two extremes. We're getting extreme, ex extremely holy, and extremely rule-abiding, and extremely Detroit. So it's like a <laughs> lot of extremes are happening at all, at all at one point. So the summation is that that the Bible says that if he said, uh, no discipline feels good at the time, mm -hmm. but he chastens whom he loves. So giving your children boundaries and rules is not being hateful to them, it's actually preserving their it life. Is. And James, uh, I want, I'm gonna go back to you really quick, and I just, really quickly, just give me a quick version of 
how George Floyd's murder affected you and what was the outflow of that in our home? Um, it just tore, it tore me up. It made me very, very angry, very, very ready to do something violent. Um, and not because of, I'm a violent person. It's just like when you, you just like, you hear the stories and you hear, you read the history and you're like, oh, we should be, we should be past that now. And then it happens right in front of you. And it's just like, how can you, how can anybody get in themselves where it's, where they feel like it's okay to take somebody's life, even um, even when it comes to your enemies, you know, I I don't usually want to see them die. It's like, it's not it's not something I wish upon someone. But when you see someone do it with such ease and without regret, almost it just makes you uh, very hateful. And I had to fight a lot of hate, hatred uh, in my heart for those in authority and even the. Uh, uh, my white brothers and sisters uh, that I walk with on a daily. And so, so then how did, how did Christ Jesus help you through that? Um, it, uh, it helped me by just getting in the, or getting the word and hearing the word and hearing that uh, no authority that's in place is in place without God knowing in those circumstances that we're in is, is, not unknown to him. So trusting that God is aware of our situation is actively uh, doing something upon it and that I have a role in it and to keep myself in the way he would want me to be kept so I, so my role could be fulfilled. That's awesome. And, and, and you have been doing these Unite Walks with me. You helped me birth them to do uh, racial or ethnic reconciliation. And you'll actually be leading tonight uh, downtown at the courthouse at 7 p.m. You'll be leading as a teenager. And God gave you three things and three characters. Give me a 90-second a blast on just something God showed you that you'll be sharing. Uh, so the three people God gave me uh, was Joshua uh, in a place where he had just lost his mentor, his elder, his father figure, and now the, uh, the mantle is on him to to lead the next generation and for him to take on the mantle. And I feel like that's where most of us as young people are at. Um, the third person he gave me was Gideon, um, who, was, who felt insignificant, who was considered the least and the weakest in his family, but ultimately brought, brought the biggest change with the least amount of resources and the least amount of uh, stature and then finally he gave me uh Samuel who was uh who was a uh priest uh who helped the priest out and uh he heard from God and he and he thought it was uh his uh his mentor um and I feel like those are three things that um us as young people uh need to focus on Awesome. Thank you. All right. I think we ought to play a game, and it's called Who's Most Likely? All right. Who's most likely to sing a random song around the house? You. This girl. Me? Yep. Yep. 
Sounds like you just indicate you just indicate to text versus call. But but no no but but when he texts, he doesn't look when he texts. So it's like shorthand texts. Shorthand texts. Yeah. Who's most likely to pick the movie for movie night? No. She is. Turn she your is. finger back on your turn, turn But her, your but her movies do be fire. Who's who's most likely to fall asleep on the movie? Yeah, him. I, 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 I resent the If he's not hooked within the first five minutes of the movie, it doesn't matter. Open mouth snore. Put Jesus in the movie, and I'll say hallelujah. Anyway, who is most likely to tell the best story? I no, I think mom only because she nails voices. Who is most likely to cheer the loudest at the boys' football game? <laughs> and it used to it used to be you. It used to be I me to be until uh, somebody at the church heard me yelling and and they, and, they, and, they, and they called me out, so I stopped yelling. But then Debbie, she took over. She can yell at a game. I just gotta get my kids off. Mm-hmm. Who is most likely to have extended family over? They don't even have to be family. They'll yeah, they'll just be old. Not even Why are you pointing at random people, random people that was walking down the street? They're not random. I meet them at church and then I invite them over. So or that's you not meet random. Them at the store. I don't. Not the people at the store. Only if I meet you at church, yeah. I invite you. Who is most likely to spend the most money shopping? No. I I not, not I would I would say mom. Uh, just of a first thought, but. It's oh, I would say him because he likes a lot. Uh, he doesn't like. He doesn't need a lot, but the things he does want is expensive. Yes. So. It's big. I, I have no comments. <laughs> I bet you don't. All right, let's ask these. The we let's ask them some questions. I mean, let's let's get okay. You, okay. You, you, you go ahead. Go through their questions. All right. Um. What we got? Uh, who's most likely to leave their dirty clothes lying? All, right. all of them. I was about to say each and every. All of them. No, that's Jason. Every last one of them. Every. Dirty clothes, dirty clothes, dirty clothes. Who's most likely to work out without being asked? That's Jackson. Jackson. Jack, but now we all do it. No, no, no it's, it's Jackson. Jackson. You, you're, it's you're upgrading yourself. It's still me. It's Jackson. You've gotten better, but it's Jackson. Who's most likely to sleep in is James. All the time. Every, yeah. He's yes. got. He just can't seem to get you out of bed. Slept past the school day. He yeah. did. That's I, the other hey, thing Jackson, that happened. Homeschool. Jack, Jack, homeschool. Jack, you know, y'all got to make some, sure kids say don't do that. Tell him um, Who's most likely to watch the playoffs with dad? My boy. <laughs> yes, he does. And tonight, we'll be watching the game. Right, guys? Sure. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't really matter to the playoffs. Yeah. It's the playoffs. He loves LeBron. And Jack is Go right LeBron. there by his side. But anyway, that's our game, right? Guys, that was that was great. It was a little fun. Mm-hmm. We just thought that that would be a little thing, a little teaser to help you guys get to know us. Now, what we did is several of you actually sent in some questions to ask us as family, you know, what we do. And um, I'm just going to read a couple questions, and we'll just we'll just end by answering as as many of them as we could. How can we? Here's a question we received. How can we help our families keep their faith strong during uncertain times? How can we help families keep their faith strong during uncertain times? Uh, you got to stay in the Word, honestly. That's how you stay strong is uh, by reminding yourself what the Word said. 
keep repeating it, keep meditating on it. Um, post it on the mirror, confess it daily, speak it over your children um, until fear is removed by faith because faith has over uh, replaced it and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you strengthen your faith by reading that word, uh, meditating on it, repeating it, uh, choosing to believe it. Um, even though it doesn't look like it, you remember that God is a God that he doesn't lie. Awesome. And that's just... I, I would just tag that with, um, find somebody who, who has more faith than you to encourage you. Um, I know nowadays you can't go see somebody, but call that friend who, who you know uh, is doing it right and doing it the way you want to be doing it uh, and have them encourage you and uh, speak into your life because uh, life wasn't made to be walked alone and this, this pandemic is definitely not made to be walked alone even though it has us isolated. So uh, I would advise to do that. And Jackson, I like how you, you live life on a routine. Give me your, one of the things you can do to keep from losing your faith if have a routine. What's your routine every day? Uh, I wake up uh, every morning and I grab my Bible and I read and I, then I pray and I make sure I can hear from the Lord and just like, just invite his presence and just, just start my day out right. Cause it just feels better once you read the Bible and like just get in the word and stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Debbie, read that second question for me because uh, my phone locked up. Um, okay, so the question is actually, do you have an encouraging word for singles? I, I'm so, first of all, I was so excited about this question because I do have an encouraging word for singles. I live in a house with three singles. Um, and, and I believe if you are single, I want you to know your life matters and you count and you are significant. The Bible says that the married man cares for the things of the Lord, how he may please them, and the things of his wife, how he may please her. So a married person, male or female, has a divided focus, and that is what God calls them to. I'm not 100% doing everything God wants because part of what he wants is for me to please my wife. But when you are single, you have the blessed opportunity to exclusively and 100% live your life out loud for God. When you are single, that is the time that you live ferociously. You live out loud. You live strong for the Lord. You do as many things for God as possible because when you anchor in to having a family, your ministry adjusts. Mm -hmm. Your ministry adjusts. So my encouraging word to singles is enjoy your single life. Well, you can also you don't say it just in the sense like um, it's altered. It is a ministry. Good, Debbie. Family Good. is a ministry. What God did was he asked me or he entrusted me with the next ministry. He recognized this is a very important job that God has entrusted me with, with the, the, the mind and the molding of a mind and heart of the next generation, of the future. And so then you begin to take it serious. They're, they're not just people that hold up your life. They actually help you expand your life because you awesome. can actually get the values that you know and things you live by in someone. You can impart them and watch them uh, continue on beyond you. So it's not an interruption. It's actually an, an, a blessing and a, a, a wonderful opportunity that God invites you into 
uh, far as when you become a mother. It's a ministry he invites you into. So trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. That is the scripture that I live by. That's the one I held on to all year. I trust him and he will lead me. And I just, I bless you with that. Don't grow weary in well-doing for you will reap yes. if you do not faint. Whether you're a single, don't get weary yeah. in your singleness. There is much for you to do. You are significant. You are counted. And, 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 get, and guess what? Your life matters so much that we couldn't have the quality lives we have without you being, being involved. You make a big difference. So don't grow weary and well-doing. If you're married and you're getting frustrated and your family's about to fracture, don't grow weary and well-doing. Yes. You're going to reap. It's going to turn around if you don't faint. If yes. it didn't go like you wanted it to go and maybe your family is already fractured, don't give in, cave in, and quit. Still trust God. Stand Still stand on the word. Still believe because he places lo the lonely in family. He rebuilds your family. He can make your family all brand new. Yes. God can do it. So our encouragement to you was not to show you just the bright side of our family, that we love the Lord and we love one another and we like spending time together and having fun and worshiping together and mm -hmm. all of that. We didn't just want to show you that. We have ups and downs, and there's disappointments, homeschool disappointments. There's, yes. there's, there's frustrations about how, how you raise people. There's frustrations in marriage. But I'm going to let you know that through all your ups and downs, you can make it. God can hold you together. Yes. Don't let COVID take you out. Mm -mm. Don't let the, the racial injustice and inequities take you out. Don't let the pointing of the finger take you out. Don't let fear take you out. Yes. But let God take you up yes. to the higher standard he has for us. Yes. Receive your ministry. Receive the love of your family on earth, whether it's coming from a coach who's acting as your family, a teacher acting as your family, or, or your nuclear family, or a brother and sister, or whoever you have. Hold them closely yes. and love on them. We're going to pray now for you. Lord, I thank you for this day, this time, this season, this month of We Are Family, Lord God. I thank you that um, you have allowed family to be described in more ways than one. Good. I thank you for my sisters that are across the screen. I thank you for my sisters that are across the barrier, different racial uh, uh, representations, Lord God, I thank you for my black sisters, my my Caucasian sisters, my 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 Asian sisters, Lord. I thank you that you didn't just leave me with one, but you gave me many things to glean from and to learn from and to grow from. I thank God for the church family. I thank you that you're in the midst. If it wasn't for you, Lord, it's you and you alone that brings the peace, that brings the jail, that brings the stability, Lord God. And we do not want to forsake having you in the center of our lives. Forgive us if we have, and Lord, we re-invite you back into our families, into our singleness, into our homes. Lord God, that you may be the full conductor and director of our future. We trust you and we love you, God. And we, I thank you for what you've done and all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name. 
And I feel led yes, God. to call up, call out and call up every man, whether you're married or unmarried, with yes, children or no children. I'm calling you up to your holy call and your holy standard. And I know I've sensed that you haven't known what to do and where to go and who to model your life after. I, I, I'm telling you, there's some men here in our church. I, and, I, and I don't know exactly who this is for, but I feel led to say, we're some men here in our church who want to walk with you, who want to train you, who want to d disciple you and become your friend and become your brother. We want to see healing take place in your life. And you know what? You're going to have to let another man get in your life. I know it's uncomfortable. I know it doesn't feel good, but God is calling you out and he's calling you up. And if you answer that call, Jesus can heal the brokenness. Yes, God. And he can make you the answer to a broken society in the name of Jesus. Yes, now, for all of you out there who are watching, we want to thank you for just allowing our family to share yes. with you. And guess what? If you don't have family, we want to say this in our We Are Family series. And you don't know what it looks like and you don't know where to find it. Come here because we won't reject you. We'll love on you. We'll bring you into our spiritual family. Because you count and you matter. And God loves you. If you don't know how to get in family, you get in family by making Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Because call, whosoever call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And he adds you to his family, his spiritual family. So I pray that all of those who need Jesus, you call on them. And all those who need family, come here or find a Bible-believing church to go to. God bless you. We look forward to seeing you at Bethel World Outreach Church as soon as you can get here. See you tonight at the wall, 7 p.m. Courthouse. God bless you. Goodbye. Let's wave at them. What a word brought to us by our senior pastor and his entire family. Thank you so much for that. And I just want to say before we go that you being here matters that it makes a difference that you chose to participate in service today in whatever way that looked from wherever you are, that it makes a difference, not just in your life, but I believe that your family is gonna be impacted, that your workplace, your community is going to be impacted and that it will actually change the world. Well, today, if you need prayer for anything, there's a QR code on the screen that we would love to follow up with you and pray with you as pastors and as a ministry team. And uh, as we go through the week, it's important to stay connected. And so if you don't already, make sure you follow us on social media. All of our handles are on the screen in front of me. But church, again, you being here matters. Thank you for joining us. We're back this Saturday, September 5th at 7.57 a.m. We're going to have our first in-person men's breakfast since March. Speaking of first, we're going to have it outside in the upper parking lot. So here's a few things you need to know. It's BYOBB. Bring your own breakfast, baby. You can cook it, buy it, but please bring it. If you have a lawn chair, bring it. If not, we'll supply one for you. We'll also supply the coffee and Pastor JT will bring a brief word of strength and encouragement. We hope to see you this Saturday. Hey guys, Rachel Cruz here. Can you imagine having no debt? That means no car payments, no student loans, no credit card bills, no payments. Hard to imagine, isn't it? We live in a culture where debt is considered normal. 78% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. 
That means eight out of 10 people heard the same thing you did. You can't survive without debt. Everyone knows that. Except it probably sounded more like, you can't live without a car payment. You have to have a credit card. You can't go to college without student loans. So what'd you do? Well, you got a loan for your car. You have not just one, not two, but three credit cards, and you'll be paying for college into retirement. And now, before you know it, debt starts to weigh you down. You see, Proverbs 22.7 is true. The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. When you owe someone else your paycheck, the money comes in and goes right back out, and you don't have anything left to pay yourself or to bless others. And this isn't the life God wants for you. But we have a step-by-step plan that can help. It's called Financial Peace University, and it has helped over 5 million people learn God's ways of handling money. And you can get out of debt, save, invest, and make giving a part of your daily life. And with Financial Peace University, you can start today. Bethel, I have some awesome news. In addition to our online services at 9 and 11, starting September 6th, we'll add in-person services. Now, I know you're wondering, will we social distance? Will it be safe? Absolutely. You can go to BethelWorld.org and you can look at all the precautions that we're taking as a ministry. Mm -hmm. And guess what? You can also register for the service that you would like to attend at 9 or 11. Now, I want to let you know, we're going to keep our online services going. But if you want to come and worship in person with me and Lady Lo, then we're going to be here waiting on you. And we're just going to thank God together and just have a great time. So I look forward to seeing you soon. September is going to be a powerful month. I'm so excited about what God is doing with Well-Balanced Women. Now, Lady Lo, I want you to give us an update of what's coming up. Well, Well Well-Balanced Woman is Bethel's women's department, and we are a department that welcomes anybody. Uh, You do not have to belong to Bethel to be a part of our women's department. Uh, This year, our study is back. It's coming September 14th, and it will begin at 6.30 p.m. We will have on-campus gathering. Right here. Right here in the main sanctuary. So if you want to take the option of meeting here together as we've done, in the past years, then please register to do so. But we will also have a Zoom feature. I love it. Where you can stay at home in the privacy of your home and join us and be a part of the session. Again, the study is called Jesus and Women, and we begin September 14th, and we look forward to seeing you. That's awesome. Yes. It's I gonna can't be great. wait. It's going to be great.